0: Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Petko Stoyanov and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon, here with my co-host... Petko Stoyanov. Thank you, Rachel. Drum roll. Hello, hello. So I am so excited for today's guest. I, I think I have been following him on Twitter for years, uh, not stalking, but just genuinely following because every time he posts something new, I learn something. Um, I get insights and that's wonderful, particularly on Twitter where it doesn't happen all the time. So Please, please give a warm welcome to Adam Levin. He is co-host of What the Hack podcast. He co-founded CyberScout. He was a co-founder of Credit.com. And he's a renowned consumer affairs advocate and nationally recognized expert on cybersecurity, privacy, identity theft, fraud, and personal finance. Super hot topics. And he just brings decades of experience on the front lines to today's discussion. And I can't, can't wait to jump into it. Welcome. Welcome, Adam.
1: Well, Rachel and Petco, thank you so much for allowing me to come in and lower your digital property values. And uh, (laughs) I I appreciate the invite.
0: It's such a great time to be, I mean, everything that you follow. I mean, it's it's like the apex of the time to be following all of these topics, would you say?
1: I would say that things are getting crazier and crazier between disinformation, breaches, hacks, leaks, you know, we're we're in a in an interesting time where breaches have become the third certainty in life, behind death and taxes. And uh, so, as a result, every day is a new adventure. Many of the adventures are painful, but they are definitely new adventures.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so this time of year, um, you know, and, and I will say sidebar to that, I, I, I kind of just operate under the assumption that all of my personal information is on the dark web somewhere. I, I get those alerts, you know, and, and I, I think about that this time of year, too, when you're doing online shopping, which is all I do. Um, and I, I was reading that article that you posted about holiday scams and, you know, don't click links and text alerts, particularly when, you know, hey, track your package. And why did I not know that, Adam?
1: Well, I think you did know that. I, <laughs> I just think it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people know it. They just can't help themselves because if it involves anything that they're waiting for, uh, they, it, it's all about impulse. Right. And, and that's how these folks get you. But you have to also start with a couple premises. Number one, we all have day jobs. Whether you're running a podcast, you're raising a family, you're working for someone, you're running a business, you're still involved in educational pursuits, a philanthropic pursuit, that's our day job. Right. However, we're facing off on a daily basis with people where we are their day job. So you, you, always, you have to keep that in mind. The second thing you have to keep in mind, and, and so many people just still have trouble grokking this, when you look in the mirror, you see you some people have a very flamboyant version of what they see when they look in the mirror, but they, they see themselves. Uh, and they go, I'm just a regular person. Why? Who who would want to hack who me? I mean, who would want my information? Uh, of course I once worked with a guy who said, golly, the person who stole my identity has built better credit than I had. I'll (laughs) stick with him. But you know, you see you, but to a hacker, a scammer, an identity thief, they're looking at Jay-Z, Beyonce, Adam Levine, because we all have what they want. We right. have financial information. We have personal information that can be used for identity theft purposes. Or it may have absolutely nothing to do with us. We just may be the tributary to a larger river, which means are they trying to get to a spouse, a child, a sibling, yes. where we work, where we're affiliated, uh political pursuits that we may be involved in, we could be unwittingly the way into a campaign. And so th- that's really the big picture. And then you add to it the fact that at this moment, we are in the middle of a perfect storm. Uh, politically, we just came through a, a, a very shocking election for certain people, a very satisfying election for others. Uh, we still have a runoff going on in the state of Georgia, so there's going to be a lot of people interested in that. Um We have disinformation campaigns running wild in this country. Uh, You also have health concerns, whether it's uh, COVID or RSV or monkeypox. That will capture people's uh, imagination, in addition to which, currently, the uh, student debt forgiveness program, there's millions of people that are uh, involved in that. Uh, You have the war in the Ukraine, which is of great concern and interest to many, many people. And then you have the holiday season, which is where this, this is party time for scammers. This is, (laughs) it's El Dorado and they're going to be out there and they're going to be trying every which way to get you to open an attachment, click on a link, respond to what I call the Pantheon of Ishings, the general phishing email, which is dear cardholder, dear member, dear Amazon shopper, dear UPS uh, customer. There is the spear phishing, which would be dear Rachel, dear Petco. There would be uh, vishing, which is when it's voice over Internet protocol phishing, which is when you get a phone call from someone representing themselves to be a government agency, Mm -hmm. a health department, uh, someone you might work for. We Had a great deep fake story about that Um, or uh, a financial institution. A lot of people are expecting calls from their banks going, right. did you really charge this? Uh, so you have that coming. Uh, and then you have smishing, SMS text-based phishing, where you get a text like you had mentioned, uh, and it relates to something that you're expecting or that you just did. And the f- the first impulse, the magic word is impulse, right. is you're going to click.
0: We love to click as humans. We're clickers, for sure. Yeah. Well, we, what we I
1: tr- What I try to say to people is if you don't want remorse... Go to the source, which means you don't click on the link. You don't open the attachment. You go directly to the retailer, the charity, the government agency, uh, and communicate with them directly after you've independently determined how to get there or how to call, you know. And, And the number one rule of everything is if you're contacted by anyone for any reason whatsoever and they ask you to authenticate yourself Hang up. It's different if you call them, you know where you're calling and they ask you to authenticate yourself because they're trying to protect you as opposed to making you the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Wow. That's it it reminds me of a story I I read this morning about this uh, this woman. She recently graduated college. And, you know, remote work uh, is is a thing now, and she doesn't have a car. And, and so she interviewed for a job that seemed legitimate. She checked the Better Business Bureau. She checked LinkedIn. She checked all these things. And uh, they sent her a check to buy, you know, office supplies, but then asked her to take that money and send it in, you know, crypto or, or through this other thing. And then turns out it was a complete scam. And she ended up $5,000 uh, in debt, you know, recently graduated, doesn't have that kind of money. And that, I mean, it's scary. Not that I would ever myself, like you're asking me to send you money in crypto for a new job. That sounds weird to me. But if you're young and naive and don't know, you know, that, that could be a very real thing. Cause you just literally don't know if that's, that's how business works today. And yikes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's a, it, it's a bummer. I was going to ask you, you know, if you'd like to send me some crypto as a, <laughs> Token of our experience today.
0: Sure, I have some FTX so tokens. A, I think that I could send you.
1: There you go. Just yeah, kidding. that's they're really <laughs> they're working right now. But uh, you know, we had a woman on our our podcast uh, just uh, the other day who was a uh, an investigative reporter in Nashville, talking about her mom who received a letter. Now this is already now snail mail, right? Supposedly from Best Buy Geek Squad, saying that. Uh, You know, you've, uh, you've renewed your uh, uh, anti-malware subscription with us, Mm -hmm. uh, but you've overpaid. And, you know, her first reaction was, I never pay for three years of anything. Right. So therefore, what's wrong with this picture? So she calls the number because she wants to clarify and get her money back. And she first speaks with a woman and, uh, you know, she's made to believe that uh, this happened and they would like to get her money back to her. So the first thing they'd like is her banking information so they can get it back to her. And then uh, a, a guy got on the phone and he started talking to her about gift cards. Not that they were going to put money on gift cards for her. right? They wanted her to go out and buy gift cards for them, which they catch you at a moment where you're so befuddled wow. that you don't realize that instead of giving they're taking. And she went down to CVS. She was asked to buy uh, $2,000 worth of gift cards. They did say to her, when you go into CVS, do not bring your phone in with you. Because obviously, if you're talking to someone on the phone who looks like they're instructing you to buy gift cards, the cashier gets a little suspicious. So she walked in and the cashier noticed, you know, this is a woman in her 80s and she's buying gift cards. For Target at a CVS, it's like, you know, there's something strange about this picture. So she would only sell her two $500 cards as opposed to four. And you say to yourself, if you're suspicious, why would you sell her any? Right. So then they told her, no, no, well, now you, you can only get two of them. So why don't you get the other two at Target? And as she's driving over there, it suddenly dawned on her, wait a minute, I'm giving these guys my money as opposed to getting money from them. Right. But again, this is the this is the kind of stuff they do. And many of them are sophisticated, creative, and persistent. And oftentimes you'll see that if someone is caught up in a scam and they suddenly go, "Wait a minute. I I you're scamming me. I'm out of here." You hang up. There'll be 15 calls in a row mm-hmm. coming t- at you uh, because they're trying to get you back on the phone.
0: Yikes. Well, they it's I've always been it, so it, fascinated. I'm remi- actually yeah, Go ahead, Feko. Yeah.
2: No, I was going to say that 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 kind of reminds me of more of once I had a family member call a phone number that says your computer has been hacked. Call this number and we'll clean it up for you. <laughs> and they called a the number, and next you know she's he or she is giving away a little more, you know, credit card data, uh, not personal information. And you know, I ended up hearing about them, and I called them and said, get off the phone, just hang up, don't even continue the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you know, it, you're right, people are vulnerable. At, at the because yes. they don't it's you think everyone's trusting especially with you know you, you go to google you go to gmail you, know, you trust that and somehow that one email or that one pop-up that just did a drive by if you will and you, you assume it came from that provider just like ups or the click you clicked on you know you trust your phone you trust the it says ups you trust it or it says amazon because it These looks right entities you trust yeah
0: yeah on yeah. first glance it looks no, right and they're, yeah. they're so
1: good it's yeah. They're so good at spoofing phone numbers or logo. You know, in the old days, the grammar was off, the spelling was exactly. off, the colors yeah. were off, the logo didn't look right. Today, and this is because of phishing as a service, um, they do look right. And, you know, as a result, you know, people are compelled somewhat yes. to respond. There's there's also like the, the great scam where you get a phone call from your bank and they will say... Uh, this is your credit card number, yes? And you go, it is, because it, it is your credit card number. Right. And they go, now, this is your um, expiration date, right? You go, yeah, it is, it is. Well, just to prove you're you, because we need to make sure we're talking to you, <laughs> just fl- flip over your card and give us the security number. Of course, the answer you give should be, well, you know what my security number is, you're calling right. me. Um, but then the scam goes on after you give them the number, so now they have your credit or debit card, then they say, you know what? You It looks like you really are a victim of some kind of account takeover. And we're worried with all the information out there with the Equifax breach and everything else that you could be a sitting duck. So we're going to help you with the credit reporting agencies, put a fraud alert on your file or freeze your credit. So in order to do that, we need your social security number. If you don't mind, give it to us and then we'll make the call with you. So you give them your social security number and then they get a the phone and you're going, what? Hey, wait, where'd you go? What's going on? Well, now they got you.
2: Adam, you mentioned phishing as a service. I mean, I always think of, you know, all the cloud services we have. We have email as a service. What can you describe? What's phishing as a service?
1: Well, phishing as a service and ransomware as a service are like kissing cousins. Uh, and what phishing as a service is, is that very sophisticated people will create a program and tools uh, to help people who are far less sophisticated use this software and or malware and tools in order to go out there and launch these attacks against either a specific target or a blanket mm-hmm. target which is mean they're going after everybody right. and uh, what happens is it's for it's it's available for sale in the dark web uh, and they develop this. They will sell this to you for a reasonable price. Uh, all they ask in return is they get a piece of the action. So it, it gives fair. them an opportunity to spread their wings and get a lot of other people involved. The only issue with it, and in particular in ransomware, is when you have a lot of people that have no idea what they're doing. Right. <laughs> all they did is they bought something and and watched an instructional course Uh They may freeze your files, for instance, but when it comes time to give you the decryption key, they give you something, but it doesn't work. Uh, So, uh, but what it's really done is to democratize hacking and phishing. And at the same time, lower the bar so that people who are far less competent in doing this, I mean, let's face it, if I'm going to be attacked by somebody, I'd much rather it be somebody that knew what they were doing, uh, especially if it involved me getting something back.
0: They have, um, don't they have like, it's like Wine of the Month Club, but you can subscribe to Fishing of the Month Club or, or things like that. Yes. I mean, it's it's fascinating just what a network they've created, what a business. I mean, it's actually this great Really well funded business <laughs> that they've created. Definitely,
1: it's a it's a business model. The only right. question is, do you want Chardonnay, Cabernet, Grenache? You know that. <laughs> so,
2: you know, going back to your perfect storm, I can imagine this is not just marketizing, but it's creating a lot of independence out there that are just creating mm. a lot of noise. And I'm surprised that I mean, we're not doing more as a community to kind of prevent some of this. I mean, we talked about this. SMS phishing that goes on your phone or we're talking about some of the email, like what can we do in as an industry or what can individuals do to, you know, to limit the attack surface, if you will, that they can be protected.
1: Well, and, and you nailed it, right. Is how do you, how do you reduce your attackable surface, especially in a world where you have billions and that's Dr. Evil pinky to the lips be billions <laughs> of um, internet of things, devices that are tracking you, eavesdropping, uh, listening um, and at the same time, you know, have a life. Right. So, but this is also the interplay of convenience versus security. And people always take convenience and they're willing to live in a surveillance economy in order to get that convenience. So, when uh, I wrote the book Swiped with my co host on What the Hack, Bo Friedlander, um, we created a framework. We call it the three M's. Mm-hmm. How do you minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable surface? How did you monitor so you know uh, as quickly as possible that you're having an issue? And then how do you manage the damage? And let's look at the first M briefly. And that first thing is password protocol. Either get a password manager, have long and strong passwords, do not share passwords across your universe of websites. Um, You know, why a lot of companies and individuals have issues is that people tend to use their uh passwords from their private lives in their business life, they also tend to use the same passwords, which means if they're breached somewhere, effectively, they're breached everywhere. (laughs) And if you look at the constants, like if they have your email address, then probably they have one half of your login credentials, because most people uh, either are driven to use their email address as their user ID, or uh, they just do it because it's just easier, or it autofills. And then the second issue when you when you create the password for it is it a dumb password? Uh, is it an easy password? And even if it's an indecipherable password, if it's been discovered as part of a breach. Mm -hmm. then it's out there and there will be brute force attacks where they will try to use every password they can think of involving you or what the AI in their program actually Mm -hmm. throws out there. And you know, you're, you're under attack. So number one, long and strong passwords. Number two, two factor authentication, Mm -hmm. not completely the silver bullet because people have found a way to get in there and get around two factor authentication. Uh, in particular, they they steal cell numbers because they call mobile providers, convince them that they are the victim, and they ask them to, uh, to allow them to transfer the phone number to a new device. Uh, you also have the whole issue of clicking on links, opening attachments. You know, in the old days, it used to be trust but verify. Today, it's never trust, always question, always verify. Yes. Uh, even if it comes from someone you know, they could have been... Defrauded, And they don't know it. Uh, it may have come through social media. And it was a cute cat picture. There's a great story of someone I knew who was a gray hat hacker in Europe. And he knew that someone in his neighborhood was married to the CFO of a major oil company. And she, the, she loved cat pictures. So he basically sent her a malware laden cat picture. And then when she clicked on the link, used that to invade her home network and ultimately get into the computer of her husband and get the financials of that particular oil company. And then he did his version of a public service. He called the fellow and said, so now I'm going to tell you what I have. And now I'm going to tell you what you need to do to make sure I don't have it anymore. Wow. I'm your neighbor. So. Wow. Also, people have a tendency to download apps that look like the newest, coolest thing. They click on permissions that they have no idea how much information they're allowing someone to get. Uh, or these apps are pure scams. Uh, also, when they set up answers uh, to security questions, uh, they tend to use answers that are fact-based and those facts are either they've posted them on social media or someone else posted them on social media. So, you know, rule of thumb, lie like a superhero. <laughs> Batman, Superman, they are not going around telling people who they are. So when you're answering these questions, if they ask you what high school you went to and you went to Ridgefield High, say you went to Sky High. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if your mother's
1: maiden name is Smith, say it's Brown. Uh, the important thing is that You not be so creative that you end up locking yourself out of the accounts. But you you have to remember there's so much information out there. Then freeze your credit score. It's now free all over the country. You can do it. In many states, you can freeze your kid's credit score so that's something that uh, that you should be considering as well that's the first m second m shorter how do you monitor we'll get a copy of your credit report and actually read it right. and pay attention to what you didn't do as opposed to what you know you did uh, monitor your credit scores if they take a sudden precipitous drop it's an indication you either didn't pay a bill on time you used too much of your available credit or you're a victim of identity theft. Sign up for transaction alerts with your retailers that notify you anytime there's activity in your account. Because if you're a victim during the holiday season of what's called e-skimming, where malicious code is put on legitimate websites that there's no way that a consumer can determine whether or not there is such a thing, Uh, the way you know is if you start getting notices from your financial institutions telling you you did things that you know you didn't do. Um, also, and this is most people go, I never thought of that. Uh, when you get an explanation, a benefit statement from your health insurer, read it. Uh, we had a woman who was 72 year old grandmother and, uh, and, she was billed. Her insurance companies were billed uh, on the same day, opposite sides of the country by two laboratories, one for a sperm viability test, the other for a pregnancy test. Oh. Now, she knew it wasn't her, and she immediately notified the insurance companies, and she had to actually fight with them to get them to pay attention. Also, think about more sophisticated forms of credit monitoring, which are available from the credit reporting agencies, many third-party resellers, Credit.com, Credit Karma, uh, Credit Sesame, Quizzle. The list goes on and on and on. So. That's the monitoring aspect because you need to know as soon as possible. And then, of course, the the, the, mo- the very critical part is have a damage control program. And one of the easiest ways to do that, as opposed to trying to do it yourself and ending up being severely psychologically overwhelmed uh, and putting your job in jeopardy because you were so obsessed about solving the problem, is that many insurance companies... Uh, a portion of financial services companies, more credit unions than banks because they're more consumer centric, uh, or now HR departments uh, where you work, offer programs to help through identity incidents with professionals that will make all the phone calls, write all the letters. do all. It's not wow. like the old days where you'd, you'd get a, a tip sheet and the best of luck. So <laughs> it's it's one of those things where these programs are available. In some cases, they are free as a perk of your relationship in some cases they are deeply discounted in other cases you got to pay full freight it's just part of your employee benefit program either employer paid or uh, Mm -hmm. voluntary benefit and it's out there to help you and i got to tell you when you face off against some bad guys and you're dealing with something way above account takeover where they're opening new accounts they are committing child identity theft They're committing criminal identity theft where the trail breadcrumbs leads back to the victim Uh, or uh, they are involved in, you know, other forms like medical identity theft where your information is used in order to get medical treatment Mm. and somehow your information gets commingled with their information in your medical files. Uh, Now we're talking about something way beyond finance. We're talking about health related uh, uh, compromises.
2: So Adam, wow. all of this is in your book, right? It is. So where can they get your book? Cause I, I, I will tell you uh, while you we were talking, I went ahead and ordered the book. <laughs> I
1: couldn't help it. Bless your heart. Um, uh, no, I just want to, I just want to, you know, right now crawl through the phone and hug you. Um, you can get the book at uh, Amazon, uh, or wh- wherever you buy books. Uh, generally it's easier to get it, to buy it online, uh, but it's available and it's called Swipe, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. And the whole point is to make people more aware of the red flags, the threats, the opportunities for the bad guys out there. You know, one of my favorite stories in the book is there's a young guy, he's about 16 years old, he's working in Target, his name is Alex. And uh, one day, a young woman walked by and then suddenly backed up and went, wow, he's kind of cute. So she took a picture, she sent it to a friend of hers in England, and all of a sudden it went viral. And Alex had no idea.
0: And we're going to pause it right there for today's discussion and come back next week with a part two discussion with Adam Levin. So yes, we're leaving you with a cliffhanger this week, folks, and you definitely don't want to miss next week, where we talk more about if you don't want remorse, go to the source. So Adam, huge thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited we'll have you again next week. And to all our listeners out there, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate you. And, And don't forget to subscribe. You just have to smash that subscription button and you get a fresh episode every Tuesday in your email inbox or to your podcast platform of choice. So until next time, everybody be safe.